This is Breaking On Through with me, your host, Skylar Moon, a show that goes way beyond the story. Today, we are diving in deep. Today, my friend Troy Pierce is here. From Rags to Riches is the name of his story, and you'll soon figure out why. He has dreamt it. He has lived it. He has lived through it all, baby, and you're going to hear it right now. So sit back, relax, enjoy this beautiful story. Breaking on through with Skylar Moon is proudly brought to you by Spotify and Anchor.fm. I am here with Troy. That's right. He's here on the line already. His full name is Troy Pierce, and we are going to talk with him today, and it's going to be a great time. Why? Because he's done so many wonderful things with his life, and he's had ups, he's had his downs. We all do, don't we? So that just makes him a regular person with an extraordinary story. Regular people can have extraordinary things happen to them. It happens every day, and he is a walking testimony to that. So, I am going to start off with a couple questions for Troy, and we're going to take it from there. How are you, Troy? Hey, I'm fine as well. How are you doing? Doing the best I can do, let me tell you that. Girl. You know, I'm trying to keep it tight. Do it. Go on, girl. So, we've got plenty to talk about. But first, let me ask, where were you born and raised? I was born originally in Portsmouth, Virginia. I'm from the East Coast. Okay, okay. Now, my father started out working on nuclear submarines in Norfolk, Virginia. And from that, he started building nuclear power plants. So I have lived in 14 states. I've put my toes in the East Coast and the West Coast. I've been all over the country. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I've traveled extensively in my life. Yes, I have. Out of the country and everywhere else. Um, it, it amazes me to meet someone who has never left their state or their surroundings because there's a great big world out there. I know. I know. Uh, and, and there's a whole world out there. And the whole, everywhere I have lived has had different diversities. And people always ask me, what was your favorite place? Well, there's good and bad and everything. You know what I'm saying? That's right. There sure is. So, uh, you know, and I'm one of these people that I embrace change because that makes me a better person. That's right. They say that we're the humans are naturally afraid of change, you know, but I'll tell you what, I'm like, bring it on. Bring it on. I want something different. I want something new. I want another challenge. Is that how you feel? I love to meet, yes, it is. I love to meet different people and, you know, I love people, period. Uh, You know, unless you do something wrong to me, but that's that's a different story. But I love people. I mean, I met you here on TikTok and I thought nobody, I'm like, oh, this this bitch got it going on. I Try to have it going on, baby. Let me tell you. You, yourself, got it going on. I'm going to tell you this. I'm a retired hairdresser of 35 years, and I've done some big things in my career. I was not no $5 haircut. Okay. Well, let's get into the question. All right. So, you were raised all over the country. That's right. So, there really wasn't any one place that you were raised besides Virginia. I'm going to ask a very personal question. Do you mind a personal question, Troy? (laughs) Hit me with your best shot. All right. 
Okay. When did you know, guys, we're about to reveal something about Troy here. I'm going to just go ahead and put it out there. When did you know that you preferred men over women? You know, I always knew as a small child, I didn't understand why I had a crush on the 12-year-old across the street. I didn't understand it. And I, I didn't know what that meant. But I knew I was taught that it was wrong. I know. I know. We all were. In my life, I was abused at a very young age. And so... Oh, geez. And, but, you know, it's okay. I've overcome it. Well, that's amazing. Um, and the one thing I learned in my lifetime is I have forgiven. Because not to forgive means you hold the hate. To forgive, you throw it back on them. Well, isn't that a beautiful way of thinking about it? Because I can't I can't hold that inside of me because it weighs me down. Have you never seen the picture on Facebook of the butterfly trying to fly, but it's chained to a rock? Oh, no, I haven't. Well, honey, you can't fly if, you, if you're held down. That's nothing right. Holds, nothing holds me down. So, yes, wow. as a child, I was abused. And do um, you think that played into why you you started to like the boys or is this after the I, fact I don't believe that I believe that that is that is it that is born that is born from nature and I'm gonna okay. tell you I, I when I was going through this I see I want to know the scientific parts of this and at that time they had done a study in in Europe I think it was England where they took three cadaver brains one was straight one was bi and one was gay in the straight brain they found two fully developed sex glands in the bi, there was one fully developed and one half developed. In the gay, there was only one developed. Really? I believe this is a... I don't believe God made some mistakes, okay? And if you don't have God in your life, whoever your house hire is, I don't have a need to... To, to, to upset somebody, I have a higher power. Now I'm not a I'm not a religious person, but I am a spiritual person. Yes, same here, same here. So I get you. So I don't feel that my higher power made us a mistake because you know what I have brought joy to so many people in their lives, and that's the way I like it. Well, that's so. that's what I want to talk about. That right there. I am aware that you were a cosmetologist or are a cosmetologist. What inspired you to get into that field? When I was when I was younger, I just I always did my my, my my mother's hair, and I was successful at it. Actually, I started out to be a a stenographer, and mm-hmm. um, I was in a situation where my parents got divorced after many years, and my I had to be transferred to a new school, and I just didn't have. After I transferred. It wasn't for me. And so my mother said, you've always been with hair. Go to beauty school. And so I did. And when my family found out, yeah, they lost their shit. I was going to (laughs) just... Yeah, I saw that coming. You know, I mean, but you know, I, I was raised... My father used to always say, if you're going to be a ditch digger, be the best there is. I stepped out of that. I stepped out of that school into a very, very, very elite salon. Wonderful for you. Wonderful. But the owner, the owner told me, she goes, um, when we, we had limo service and everything, I mean, it was very elite. And so the mm-hmm. owner told me one day, she's like, you know what? She goes, I'm going to send you in the limousine to the uh, Virginia Beach uh, Country Club Association. And you're going to walk in there and you're going to do a runway hair. And you've got to act like you've been doing this for 10 years. Ooh, what a challenge. So, baby, here I am. Because, uh, baby, I can get <laughs> 
Well, what is, what is, I have a question about all this. What is one of your most memorable experiences besides that one right there? <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is when I got there in the limousine, there was red carpet. Oh my I God. The limousine. They're taking pictures like I'm a star. I'm like, what in the hell am oh I going to Oh my God. I walk in, there's security guards everywhere because they were doing furs and jewelry and all kinds of stuff. And Ooh. Leon Hall walked back there and I was like in awe. He's like, you have six sets to do. One of the hair. I'm like, okay, I'm being, you know, Billy Badass. I got this, but inside I'm shaking like a leaf. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I um, I was doing their hair, and of course, when models come back, they just get they get butt naked. They don't care. So I'm trying not to look right, left, up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I did six sets, and when I got done, Leon Hall said, "Come here," and I walked up. Took me on the stage. I had Leon Hall on me on one side and Joan Rivers on the other. They walked me down the runway. They introduced me, and I was amazed. And after that, I started doing runway work for them. Oh, and that's wow. how I got my start. No way. Yeah, that would definitely be probably your most memorable experience. <laughs> but you know, I really have another one, too, I want to share with you. Oh, go for it, baby. So I have always, I'm not one to brag on what I've done for people because I think that takes away from your glory. But I've always helped battered women's shelters. In Iowa, we had a school that was underprivileged school, basically. And I would take all of my hairdressers, and three times a year, we'd send out slips to the parents, and we would cut every child's hair in that school for free. And so I have done my work with the women's shelters. And this one particular time, this lady came in, and I treated her by the same, because I was very high-end. That's right. And so she came in and sat down, and she was, you know, I could tell she was a little nervous. I said, sweetheart, because when I do a consultation with you, I sit beside you, I look you eye to eye. I don't look to the mirror because I want to be at your level. That's a and good way I, to do it, darling. It sounds like um, you're doing everything right. I told her, I said, you want done. Let's look through this color book. I want to take care of you. I offered her champagne. I offered whatever to drink like I would anybody else. I did this woman's hair and I saw this woman who would have been beat down like hell and I brought her up and I said you are so beautiful you are so gorgeous and you are so worthy you're worthy when she got ready to leave I showed her how to use all the different products I don't carry cheap products I bagged everything that she needed I looked at her and I said if you ever need my services again just call me she handed me five dollars and I said sweetheart you keep that but when she walked away and left the door to go to work my friend Jessica's do you realize you just gave away almost four hundred dollars of the service? I said, let me tell you something. Do you realize what I just did for that woman was worth more than gold? I lifted a human being up that had beat down as hell, and I made her feel special, even if it was just for an hour or two. And that's what counts most. That's worth more than money to me, honey. Oh, that's golden. That's that's beautiful, baby. And when I tell you I did that once, I did that 900 more times. Is that really one. the way you operated? No matter what, you wouldn't even take a tip? No, ma'am. Oh, no. wow. You are you are something special. I'm just falling in love with your personality over here. I'm all googly-eyed over here. If you could see me, jaws dropping every time you're sharing a story with us here. Well, the one thing I don't do is lie because I ain't got no reason to lie to you. You can't make this stuff up, baby. No, baby. Well, I would love to jump onto, if you're okay with it, um, so I'd like to jump into into a topic of that topic, if you will, if you're okay with it. I just recall talking with you about helping homeless people in your past, so could you tell us, could you tell us more about that noble cause and exactly what your role was in the process or project? Well, Skylar, uh, let me first tell you, when I lived in Tampa, Florida, there is a big influx of homeless. Oh. And um, 
being a gay man in the club scene and that kind of stuff and you know um, things are pretty prevalent in the club scene I did start to meet people that were homeless yeah. and um, I started helping these I mean to me they were kids you know because I'm, I'm 56 well I wasn't at the time but they're children you know what I mean and so somebody told me one time I mean I would take like one of these kids home to my house I'd let them wash and dry their clothes I would feed them and I would take them you only have one night to stay at my house you gotta go right and, right uh, reasonable so, I would tell these kids, don't lie to me, don't steal from me, because if you do, I'm done with you. Okay? Right. I'm not for real. And so they got to where they started calling me the mama hen on the streets. Uh-huh. Oh, that's sweet. Because I would go to, I would I would cook a nice dinner. I would take it out and hand it out to these kids. Mm. If they had nowhere to stay, I would find you shelter, even if I had to pay for it. And um, But I had one, one time that um, I caught in a little bit of a, well, not a little bit, it was a lie. And I said, you know what, we're done. Okay, that's all. Yeah. It only, only takes yeah. me one time. We're yeah. done. Anyway, he called me one night, and I'm like, boy, I ain't going to mess with you. Mm. No, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm like, understand what? Because, see, I'm just real. Right. Because you done broke my rule. But I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to give you a second. He's like, oh, well, this guy, this boy here, he was, you know, having an argument with his boyfriend, what have you, and he got his hands stuck underneath the, the doorknob of a car, and he, the guy drug him through a gravel parking lot. Oh. Well, you know, I mean, Skylar, I had had many medical problems, so forth and so on. Just, it's just, it's just my thing. But I mm-hmm. always have some kind of ointment and stuff like that. I ain't going to it too deep. I love it. In that area. I'm no, no, I understand. Person. So anyway. Anyway, but you know, I mean, my girlfriend's a call me. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got it. Anyway, so, so anyway, I went to the hotel, the, the motel, the boy was at. I mean, I'm not a stupid person. I glove up. I literally take tweezers and I'm pulling gravel from his thigh all the way up to his side. Oh Lord! And I, you know, I put the medicine on and I bandage him up and I looked at him. I said, "You need to rest." Um, I helped him out with a few painkillers. You need to rest. I said, "So therefore, I'm paying for this room for the next three days." There- um, there you I, go. I brought him food. I said, don't get on the street to understand me. I said, because this could kill you. And as I'm doing that, he looked at me and he goes, you're the mama hen. I said, yes, my name is Troy. But yes, I am the mama hen. This is my phone number. And if you need me, give me a call. And I did that was so, but people would come at me and go, oh, you're sleeping with a pup. <laughs> Excuse me. No, bitch. I don't. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, I don't do that. Uh, plus, these children are ages of my own grown children. I'll play that. Okay. I, I, All right, time for a quick music break. Troy Pierce has chosen his two songs to play during this interview. And this is the first song. As you know, I always allow the person I'm interviewing to choose not one, but two songs where I play just a one-minute sample of the song. So his song he chose this time is No Night So Long by Dionne Warwick. Enjoy. So after you hear this beautiful song by Dionne Warwick... We are going to go straight back into the conversation, so enjoy this beautiful, significant song to Troy.
Welcome back from that very first music break. We're going to go back into the conversation exactly where we left off now. I said, let me tell you, somewhere there's a mama on their knees, an auntie, a grandmother praying for this child. Please, somebody help yeah. this child. Yes. I was that mama hen. You you sure are, baby. That, I you're about to make I, me cry over here. I can look for the good when people see nothing but bad. Such a beautiful story, but it's not the story that you just told. It's what you actually have lived through and you strived to help these people. What an amazing project that was just Mother Hen. You're the Mother Hen. You're the Mama Hen. You're, that is amazing. Your name actually got circulated around the streets, but there was no face to the name. And they would just nope. come to realize it and say, oh, you're Mama Hen. It meant something to me because I was real who I was. So I just want to say that song I just played, No Night So Long. What's, what is the significance with that song? Wow. Well, I got to tell you the significance of that song song is number one I listen to the words of songs that's the meaning and I know these songs may be older than your audience but and I'm old too but No Night So Long is special to me because the words are an old friend told me that you just ran out of chances one too many dances down the narrow street of time <laughs> please don't let that magic ever end and the significance of that song is this. Okay. Every one of my personal friends I've given that song to. And I tell you, when perchance I do leave this earth, listen to this song. Because there's no night that's so long that you can't find the day. In your worst hours, you can find the day. And there's no day so long that you can't find your way. And if you need to call me, I can still show you who you are. Baby, I will pick you up. Because I believe the biggest human in this world is not high and it's not the tallest person. It's the one that turns around and lifts the other person up. Yes, absolutely. If you ever forget who you are, yes. call me. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna remind you who you are, okay? Yeah. Never let somebody ever blow out your candle. That's so positive. You know, you're That's you're filled with a lot of positivity and just you really you give a feeling of security. Just talking with you. You feel know, secure. You feel safe. I know that people will listen to that song and go, oh, that's so old. But you need to listen to the words. That's the right. That's right. Yeah. It's always <laughs> all about the lyrics, baby. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Now, I just wanted to ask, did you make a New Year's resolution for the year 2023? Or is it just a private goal, maybe? Well, you know, I really don't make resolutions, but I will tell you my new mantra. What is your new mantra, dear? It doesn't take much to be a good human. It certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't. I mean, it's simple to me if you ask me. I mean, come on. What are the two things you got to do in this world to be a good person? Do good and be kind. Uh, you know, I just, I, one thing I will honestly tell you, I've never in my entire life understood hate. I don't understand it. No, I, I don't get it either. But I don't understand hate. No. And I don't have time in my life to give you that kind of energy. That's right, because it takes more damn energy out of you to goddamn, Jesus, how hard is it to just smile instead of frown and get all worked up? And how much energy did you just use with that frown and the, <laughs> the frumpy face and the crossing the arm? 
arms and the huffing and puffing and the bitching, pissing, moaning. That takes a lot of energy instead of just going, oh, okay, well, you know, you can go ahead. Ah, time to switch up gears. I'm going to ask Troy something. He already is aware that I plan to ask him this because it's very personal. So here we go. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and ask you about the one thing that I've been dying to know and it's been ever since I've known you. So this is going to be a big one. Now, you're either going to love me or hate me after this question, baby. But I've got to ask you, what is your coming out story? How did that go? My coming out was not easy. Um, it was, uh, my uh, grandfather had passed away, and my grandfather was one of them good old boys that everybody knew. It was the biggest funeral I'd ever been to in my life. Wow. And I've got a cousin who was a, um, she was a professional model. She did a lot of runway work. And uh, she, she walked into the funeral, um, and we used to call her husband Tink, and she walked in from head to toe in Prada, honey, because she got it like that. Mm-hmm. I was all dressed up and everything, and she crossed her arms because she'd always been treated as a bastard of the family and she walked in and i learned when this girl crosses her arms like genie watch out (laughs) she said the bastard of the family she said and here you are the fag of the family i was dying i was still married oh my oh my god i was but the story i really want to tell you about coming out that was special to me was I was doing, because I'm a hairdresser, so I'm doing one of my pretty affluent clients. I mean, her husband had college buildings named after him and that kind of stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And she was a very short lady, very sweet. And um, I was behind the chair and I said, there's something I need to tell you because it's circulating. And she said, okay. And I said, um, you know, I'm a good dad. I'm a good son. I'm a good father. She said, what are you trying to tell me? And tears started coming down my eyes. I said, I'm gay. And she stopped and she stood up out of my chair Yeah. and she put me in front of the mirror and she put her hands on my shoulders and she said until you love the person looking back in the mirror you can't love anybody else she said i don't care she goes you be you she goes i know you're a good person i don't need you to remind me i see the charitable things that you do i see what you do i see how you look after your family i see this and it really taught me a lesson because at that time i society said i shouldn't love myself mm-hmm. i was like a castaway you know and my family they you know like any other family and so but i'll never forget that moment when she said yeah look at the person in the mirror you have to love you first and that's my advice to everyone you cannot be broken and expect somebody else to fix you. You have to fix yourself. And honey, can I just remind you that even broken crayons still work. In Japan, when their pottery and stuff breaks, they they take that pottery and they bring it back together with gold. Show your scars, because guess what? I survived. Yes, you are a survivor. Not ashamed of who I am, never have been, never will be, because you're not going to put my light out. You are just lovely. I love it. I love how you handle things, should I say. You know, it's really a lesson to be learned, just listening to you. I learned as a hairdresser a long time ago, and owning salons that I owned in every state I lived in, I've always been my own boss. When someone is upset with you and they they escalate their voice higher, I stay monotoned. And Mm. somebody said, you handle conflict so well. I do. And the reason is because at the end of the day, they're going to go, God, did you see how well Troy handled himself? Not like I went to that level. Because, see, you can't pull me to that level. I'm not going to allow you to. Call me what you will. Cut me out. I don't care. 
but I am and always will be a business person and business is business. That's right. Now, what type of jobs have you had other than cosmetology? I had to, when I had my gastro bypass, um, I could not get any health insurance until I'm five years post-op. And so a lot of my clients um, worked at a place called Premier Bank Card, which, by the way, guys, don't ever buy that bank card because the interest is too high. But anyway, <laughs> I got in or I got in because I could get into the group insurance because personally, I was paying 900 a month for me and another six for my kids. That was $1,500 a month. Lordy. From Premier Bank Card, which once again, people don't get that bank card because it's a high interest and they screw you. Anyway, but... <laughs> into a group plan and I worked there for eight years but when I no maybe six years I would only had to work four hours a day so I'd go at like seven work seven to eleven to go into my salon but um, I remember the trainer I was standing outside the door and he was talking to another trainer who ended up being my BFF she was a lipstick lesbian gorgeous as hell but I, and I remember the day she walked into the room I mean see I'm that person I remember the moment that I met people when you impress me I can tell you exactly what you were wearing and everything so um, anyway this person told the other trainer they said Troy will never make it he's too nice he does doesn't know how to be a collector. Let me show you how good I am. See, when I had to collect from you, I would call and go, hey, you know what? Look, I understand. You're in a situation, been there myself. Let me help you. I can credit your account up to $100. Let me help you get out of the situation. Baby, I was number one in that company 12 months because I didn't call you and go, hey, bitches, pay your fucking bills. <laughs> After that, they started using all of my phone calls as training manuals. Yes, they did. <laughs> That's wonderful. I've actually done recordings for people's uh, phone line when you are on hold. I've done recordings like that. I, I, I'm, that <laughs> I'm that bitch that when you tell me I can't, hold up, baby. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. That's Just like I told you, I love me a challenge. Go ahead. Tell me I can't do it. I'll smile and I'll say, okay. And then wait till I come back with that graduation cap on my head. Okay. Or, you know what I'm saying? Girl, yes. the only thing sucks is diamonds, honey, okay? <laughs> you know, you're really, really unique with a lot of good, great, wonderful stories, I gotta say. I'm not a bad person, and I don't like to dip low. And if you make me dip low, it's because you made me go there. But honey, when I go there, trust me, I got an army behind me, okay? That means that somebody triggered you, sweetheart. Do yeah, not. I, I learned in all of my different parts of life, I don't make a threat I can't back up. Uh-huh. I don't like that. But when you push me, my great my great aunt was born in her uncle's home. She was born and she grew up in her uncle's home and her uncle was Al Capone. So no. Do I need to tell you anymore? My family, my family's well known where I'm from Virginia and trust and believe you didn't cross those people. Now, I, I came from the good side, don't get me wrong. But if I got if, if I got a dip, I got back up. <laughs> a good thing to have like, indeed. I don't like going there, but it is the truth. God, I don't lie about nothing. I have no reason to lie. Ask me anything you want. I will not lie to you because I have no reason to. I'm a survivor. You sure are, baby. You're a warrior. And what are some of those trials and tribulations you have survived through besides coming out to a family? You know, some people in your world, I'm sure, that crossed their arms at you and huffed and puffed. Now, besides that, what are some other trials and tribulations you've dealt with where you really endured? I honestly, uh, unfortunately, I do come from a family that's very alcoholic. Okay. And there was one in my life when I had to, I had to put myself in check. You know, I realized I was in a bad relationship. Um, it was my first male relationship. And this man had a double master's degree, a year from his PhD. 
and he was making 25000 a year, honey. I was making more than he was. Uh. I was at hit made six figures, okay? I don't, listen, what I need in my life is equal. Bring to my table what I bring. Don't take away from my table. That's right. Because I give you everything I got, but I expect the same in return. I was in a bad situation. After the first four years were wonderful, we had a blended family. We had everything that most gay couples would love to have, but he had a wandering eye. Ah. When I'm with you, you are my world. This is it. Yes. Well, I'm that hairdresser that everybody, every bitch in town knows Troy. Well, most hairdressers become therapists over time, darling. So every time this mofo would walk into the casino, I got a phone call. Hey, he's on a number of such a what such touch. He lost this. But I knew everything about him when he got home. <laughs> no, no. After, after eight years, I had to call it quit. I had been, oh, I'm going to tell you this story. He took me down one time in the kitchen. Now, my man was six foot four. I like him tall and skinny. Uh-huh. He took me down in the kitchen. Girl, I could not fart. And my mama, God rest her soul, told me, when you get in that kind of situation, you take a deep breath and slowly exhale. And it came right back to me. And I took that deep breath and I exhaled. I looked up at him. I said, when you hit me, break my jaw, blacken my eyes. I said, because I'm going to give you a choice. Do you see that skillet on the stove? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to go to sleep sometime, motherfucker. Give you a choice. I will either use that skillet or I will super glue your cock to your stomach. Which do you want? <laughs> oh, Troy, don't play. Let me tell you right now. It's funny you said that because he had three children. I had four and his two youngest. They were monsters. Monsters. I, I got with him when they were in diapers. And my saying was always this. I put him in their car seats in the back seat and I said, what does Troy say? And them kids were saying unison. Troy, don't play. it's the truth it's the truth Uh, at least those kids knew now did i did i hear i i I just want to ask you i'm going to interject real quick did i hear something about addiction because i do have a question for you that is related to addiction have you ever experienced it or dated someone or had a family member who was really bad with addiction or have you ever dealt with it or no Yes, I have. I'm, I'm very honest about who I was. Um, oh. I tried to explain, and please don't take this the wrong way. I tried to explain to my heterosexual friends that don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my stepmother once said, I don't understand why people do drugs. I'm like, wait a minute. Drugs are very prevalent in yeah. the gay community. It's very prevalent. Um, now, when I got in there, I had to explain to people that, uh, yes, I got addicted. I was addicted to um, crystal meth. Okay. My business. I mean, I'm one of those people that doesn't just get strung out. I mean, I keep my shit in check. But I was so. Um, I tried to commit suicide. Oh, I don't baby. Remember, I don't remember doing it, but I did it because at that time my ex was so mental abusive to me. Yeah, you needed an escape. But I, honest to God, don't remember it. And so when I left him, and then. My ex-wife took my children away from me, saying they can't be around you because they might come to your house and wake up with your dead, which was a lie. Nonetheless, my void was very heavy. And so I filled it with i started doing meth and yeah you just wanted to fill that void yeah i started doing it by what they call pick because i am i'm very allergic to meth i can't touch it or anything i blister so i called parachuting where you wrap it up in tissue and you swallow it Uh well that was good for a while but i wanted a bigger i wanted a bigger high so then i did start shooting it 
Oh, Jesus, yeah. Because I am a diabetic and I, you know, have needles. Oh, okay. And I I have no reason to lie about it. But I've never, the only thing that ever I've been truly uncontrollably addicted to was food. And I had that gastro bypass. But my drug addiction, um, I try to communicate with people on many levels because, um, let me give you a situation. When we moved to California, David and I, we had to wait a month. It's very hard to get housing there at the time. So we were in an extended stay. And, you know, game knows game. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So my, my lady that would, you know, clean our room once a week, I'd give her 20, go, please go change my sheet and scrub the toilet, okay? And so one day I could tell she was just having no problems. So I said, hey, girl, I said, I got something to do. Can I help you? We did. So when we got our home, I invited her and her old man over, had a nice dinner and everything. How are you doing? She and I <laughs> the balcony. We went out in the balcony. I'm like, I, I understand what you're doing. Just please don't do it in my house. On the balcony is fine. Yeah. I don't but I, I sat there with her and I said that my friend's name was Michelle. And I said, Michelle, can I ask you a question? And she said, yes. I said, um, she at that time was trying to get off of heroin. Okay. And I said, can you tell me why? What happened in your life? That's a hard drug. What took you to that point? And she started crying. And so I'm like, I, I'm sorry if I, you know, I, I, if I, I'm sorry if I heard you, you know, I'm sorry. She's like, no. She's like, nobody's ever asked me that question. And I mm-hmm. said, sweetheart, the reason I'm asking you is because I know why I started. Uh-huh. You know, what took you to this place? And she said, nobody's ever asked the time. They're not taking the time to ask me that. I said, because that's a question I wished my family, when they threw me out, would have said, why did you do this? Because you threw me out and I was left in a void. That's right. You got stuck. You had a huge void inside you to have to try to seek drugs to fill it. Judge me. And until this day, my family won't listen. And I just recently had to, my father was in very bad health conditions. I had to fly down to Florida during Christmas. I was there two weeks. I was ready to be there for a funeral. He pulled through, yada, yada, yada. But I had to face these family members one-on-one. And my husband um, is getting ready to go through a sinus surgery. He couldn't come down. Oh, okay. And he told me, he said, smile, grin and bear it, and go on. And I was put into a situation where somebody in the family said, you have destroyed our family. Oh, that's terrible. And I stop after I ordered my double drink. Mm. Remember what my husband said, and I looked at the, my family, and I said, "Let me. I'm going to tell you this last time. See, two of my children don't speak to me. My oldest are twins, and they won't speak to me. And okay. anyway, I looked at my family, and I said, there was a bad time in my life that I wasn't the best I could have been. I'm going to put it there. I wasn't the best I could have been. Sweetheart, we've all that, gone through a that, phase where I, we're not our best. At that time, I was struggling to be better, but I had a hard mm. time. Right. And you didn't reach your hand out to me. Mm. You turned your back. Yeah. But I'm going to do this one more time. I'm going to put this olive branch out one more time. I'm going to tell you, I was not a good person then. I was trying. And if I hurt your feelings, honestly, by speaking the truth, but if I hurt your feelings, I apologize. And this is the last time I will do it. I've been apologizing for 12 years. That's right. Yeah, there comes a time, honey. This is the last time. And when I tell you my abuser shook my hand, I wanted to break the fingers off. Mm -hmm. Those situations. But I just wanted to be the bigger person, even though inside 
I didn't. You took David's advice, though. You grinned, bared it. You, you gr- I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm 56, honey. I'm, David always tells me I'm on the jumping off phase. I don't have time anymore. You I know mean, what? I'm, I'm gr- feeling I'm, I'm feeling your stories here. I'm almost like speechless at certain points when I want to say something here. Wow. You I'm know? Going, to, going to love you no matter what. And I'm going to forgive you because I'm not forgiving you for you. I'm forgiving you for me. Yourself. Because I release all the animosity that I have from you for more love in my life. Right. Well, you know, I mean, uh, negative, two, two negative, uh, I don't know. Two wrongs don't make a right. Two wrongs don't make a right. There it is. That's the saying I was looking for. Thank you, Troy. <laughs> um, and I was going to ask, uh, so Troy, do you have any kids? If so, I'm just asking. I'm not trying to butt in too far now. No, I do. I have. I was married to a woman for 18 years. And, uh, out of that 18 years, I was took four years to get divorced. Um, okay. I, uh, of course, I always knew I was gay. And come to find out, my wife did. I don't step out when I'm in a relationship, period. That's just not who I am. Okay. And I, but we did have four beautiful children. I have twin boys that are about 31 this year. I have another son that's 27 and a daughter that's 26. I did teach my children values. Um, my biggest thing my grandfather always told me one time is if your word and your handshake don't mean anything, then you're a piece of shit. Well, basically, I, that's I the truth. I told my kids, a man, right, you just gotta, you gotta follow through. And so, mm-hmm. yes, I do. And I have um, four grandchildren that I've never Aww. been in. But um, Papa Troy and Papa David sends a box every six weeks, and um, I have another one on the. I actually have I have another one that was just born. Uh, a few months ago, that's through one of my twins, and uh, my other twin is married, and they are pregnant with a little girl. I just hope one day to be able to meet my grandchildren, because I have to tell my children, I've apologized so many times, and if you would give me the chance, I'm not the person that I used to be. My kids saw a bad side of me. I'm not going to deny it. Yes, they did. But, um, you know. Do you hold hope? That they're going to come around to you? My two youngest have, you know, um, luckily I've got wonderful, I have wonderful daughter-in-laws that have reached out to me. One of my daughter-in-laws said, listen, I'm married into the family. I know there's two sides to every story. Mm. She said, and I want you and David to be a part of my children's lives. Oh, and that was- that's so wonderful to hear. All right. Yeah, so All right. there is hope, and I'm hoping this year to actually meet my grandchildren. So. That's what I want for you. That's what I really, truly want for you. So, yeah. Troy, do you see yourself doing any or getting involved with any other, you know, projects or anything coming up that you'd like well, to share? I am the type of person that I have dealt a lot in my life with death. And I, my beliefs are, of course, death is a part of life. And it's, it's a hard part, but it is a part. Yeah. And I have been, I have, I have taken care of my mother when she passed away. I did her makeup, her hair, everything. My aunt stood there with me and she's like, I can't believe how well you're functioning because I'm the type of person that I, I have my breakdowns alone. Mm-hmm. I don't do breakdowns in front of people. I don't like anybody to see me cry. If you see me cry, you better run. (laughs) (laughs) I do not do breakdowns in front of people. I did my grandmother. I did my grandfather. And I just recently did a, you know, I have a friend on TikTok. Never met them face-to-face, a lesbian couple. Uh And their daughter passed away and she lives two hours from me and she said, called me and she said, can you just come make me laugh? Uh Yeah, I'm going to do better than that. I said, please let me take care of your daughter hair and makeup I do that as respect for three days I cooked my husband walked in and goes what are you doing open a catering service I said no we've got to feed the crowd when we go so I took all the food I went and this person 
she made a joke about it. She told her daughter, she said, I whispered in her ear, I came to BMW on the way here. I'm glad, you know, but <laughs> I, I took care of what I needed to do. And I left the service a little early and I went back, got her keys, went back home. And I sat there in a chair and tears started rolling down my face. Yeah. And my husband said, why are you crying? And I said, I'm not crying. I said, my energy is at zero. Oh, jeez. Uh, my energy has been taken out of me. And I, and I lovingly gave you that energy. But I, I, I need to, I, you know, I need to, I, re, I need to reboot. I mean, I was happy to do it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but me and that, these people are now, we're family. You know, because she said, mine and my wife's worst time in the world in our lives. You were there. And I said, because honey, I am a real friend. Right, right. I don't do fake friend stuff. I'm, listen, I'm a ride or die. I say, what's a ride or die? What's a ride or die? We all know what a ride or die means, baby. <laughs> my, my husband was still, he was born with a silver spoon. He ain't like me. Oh, I, I got you. I said, baby, that means we go back like Cadillac seats. I said, I'm like Mary J. Blige. <laughs> I love down. that. I will go down for you. Mary J. Blige, one of my favorite singers. Yep. What is that? I said, I will take a bullet for you. You hear me? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the kind of I am. That's amazing. You know, there's people that will say that and not actually mean it or not actually do it when the time comes. Girl, I will jump in front of gun. You know, I just can't stand somebody that's a phony. That's what I'm trying to say. And I believe, I believe every word that you are saying because of your life experiences, you've already explained. It just, it falls all into place. It makes sense. It sounds just about right to me. So, <laughs> put, the puzzle together, put the puzzle together. That's right. I've been putting the pieces of this beautiful puzzle together. And with that, I'm going to just remind you guys that this show has been brought to you by Spotify and Anchor.fm. So, I have a question. I, I, I'm sorry. I got to ask it. I'm nosy. Um, How'd you meet your husband? Well, I mean, I did just notice you said David. Uh-huh. I caught on to that. I was divorced from my wife, um, um, and I had an in-between relationship. In my lifetime, I've had three relations, or really three and a half, but I consider three, uh, because I, I'm not that person. Um, I'm the type of person that I personally believe, and some may not, I fall in love with the soul and not the sex. Aww. Because I have the ability to look into someone's eyes, which is a window to their soul, and I can see who you are. Um, you know, when I was, when my mother was pregnant with me, and some may believe it, some not, but I do. Uh, when she was pregnant with me, she went to someone, and they said, your child has a third eye. I do have a third eye. Ooh. And I use, anyway, so my husband, I actually met on a site. Don't, don't be hating. Um, <laughs> All right, I was about to say. Okay. I know why. I'm, I'm joking, him. baby. No, I, I mean, anyway, I met him on a site, and he invited me to his house for dinner. Well, listen, I'm very, very middle class, upper middle class, whatever you call it. I don't really care about classes because I got friends from the dealer to the judge. I got friends everywhere. Listen, <laughs> it. I need some done. I do it. Anyway, my <laughs> husband, my, my, he invited me to his home for dinner. Mm -hmm. So he told me where he lived, which happened to be the front, front, front of where we lived. Mm -hmm. so I had to go through a guard gate. I thought, good Lord. So anyway, I went to his house. It had to be at least a $3 million house. I'm like, oh, Lord, Troy, what you getting into? Now, if you... Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Back in the day, I was Johnny Depp's twin. We were twins. Really? Yes, ma'am. Go back and look on my Facebook, sweetheart. Anyway, okay. I walked into the place and his jaw just hit the ground. I'm like, hey, baby, how you doing? I'm thinking this man's single. So I met this couple, this male, female, and everything. And then I looked over and I saw another man. I said, who is that? He goes, that's my husband. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, oh. 
Ke. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I met, I met his husband on a site, and I knew he was. So anyway. <laughs> That's a powerful, powerful moment to have. I sat there with him for five hours, and I told him everything from my life from beginning to end. Because, see, I don't hide who I am. This is what makes me me. Being an open book, being translucent, it really shows people who you are. You know, you don't want to block people out. Don't don't block people out. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it was. And my husband told me, he goes, you know what what I respected you for? And I'm like, what? Because you were so brutally honest. I said, yes. I said, because I knew I was in love with you. And if you want to break it off at that point in time, I gave you the opportunity to say, hey, I ain't into this. Okay. So after, of course, we we spent the night, you know, a little song song. (laughs) (laughs) And and the husband wanted to come join in. Hey, I I got time for that. I mean... For me, that's what I do. I am a bisexual woman now. I did date a woman for four years, and I'm just going to leave it. But go ahead. Well, no, I'm just like, listen, I, I used to joke and say I'm an opportunist. Okay? <laughs> I just say I can't do what I could do because I can't do it, but I prefer what I do now. Nonetheless. Yes, yes. So... After that night, for six months, I made him chase me. Come over to my house, come have some drinks. And are you divorced yet? No, all right, call me when you're divorced. For six months. Mm-hmm. Now, my husband didn't have but it. Finally, he had a private party. Now, you have to understand, my husband was the president of Marriage Equality USA. Oh, he wow. started in his home in Napa Valley with six people. He started the movement for gays to get their rights to marry. Wow. And husband is a nationally known figure, and if you would like to look him up, his name, his married name at the time, which is not now, but if you want to Google him, his name is David Janice slash Kitsmilk. Google him, because I'm not okay. lying. Google it, everybody. It's going to be interesting. His first marriage to his husband, the first time, was on Good Morning America. Oh, wow. Google my husband. Fucking killer. That's, a sorry, part of my French, but that's fucking killer. David Janice, J-A-N-I-S, slash Kitsmilk. His name is no longer Kitsmiller, but that's who he is. And my husband is a type of person that he's done big things. My husband is a nationally known figure in the LGBT community. Plus, but my husband does not like notoriety. He likes to blend in. My husband is an executive for a worldwide aviation company. We do travel a lot. But my husband always says, is because I'm so proud of him for what he did. And little did I know, I was getting correspondence through emails from him 10 years before I ever met him to donate to this cause. Oh my God, you really did, huh? Yeah, seriously. That's really, that's really the irony. The irony is this was meant to be. Time for our second music break in the show. So this is another song that Troy has picked because it has extreme significance to him. And it's by Fleetwood Mac and the name of the song is called Songbird. Don't forget, this is just a one minute sample of the song. Everybody I interview gets to pick two songs and I give them a one minute sample. So here we go. After the song plays, we'll go straight back into the conversation exactly where we left off.
Welcome back from the second music break. That's Troy's second requested song, and we are done playing the requested songs for the day. So now we're just going to go straight back into the conversation, exactly where me and Troy left off. So anyway, when I met him, and I lived with him for four months with his husband in this very gorgeous home. I mean, uh, yeah. So, and, and I'm not, please, I'm not bragging about that. It's not about No, money. you're just, you, you just make funnies while you talk. We get it, baby. We get he, your uh, personality by he, now. He asked me, <laughs> he said, he looked at me, he goes, you don't know who I am, do you? And I said, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. With me? I said, no, I haven't. I said, because to me, you're my David. I said, what I see are vultures surrounding you, picking at mm-hmm. for that. He goes, Google me. And he taught you why. My husband comes from a very prominent aviation family and that kind of stuff. And I really, because see, once again, Skylar, I depend upon no one but me. That's the way to be, honey. I agree. Uh, And I didn't depend on him to do anything. I was successful in my own right. So anyway, um, that's how it started. And um, uh, David's a wonderful person. And, you know, and, and, and lately with the call, you know, when this Roe versus Wade started back up, my husband said, that's the tip of the iceberg. He goes, it's that, then it's going to be gay marriage. It's going to be interracial marriage. And it happened just the way he said. Wow. And I, David, do you not feel like getting back to that activism? Which, trust me, my husband is an activist. But he told me, he said, I put 20 years into that. Jeez. Now, the, the uh, Marriage Equality USA has broken up because they, they passed what they wanted and they've gone in different directions. But my husband said, this is a time for the young... We, we're in our 50s now. Yeah, okay. And he said, this, this is a time for your younger generation to pick up this torch. That's right. What really gets me, and I'm not being mean, but what gets me is our younger generation in my community doesn't know their history. Learn your history. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a part of something that you think is oh so great, you need to do your research in life. I was sitting in a bar that I went to all the time in Tampa, um, and it was a very mixed bar. And my girlfriend and her husband was sitting beside me, and this little younger gay person come in, snapping their fingers and going, <laughs> I, he goes, I am a gold star fag. And oh, like, please, with the gold star. We get it. it. But I didn't know what it was. Oh, I, I do. <laughs> anyway, my friend, my girlfriend, 
goes, well, my brother's a gold star fag. I said, what in the hell is that? Is that a new gay credit card with a good line? Where do I apply? <laughs> Can I get an application? Woo. This little young thing says, no. And he does his snap. And he got me. I'm well rounded. I'm like, okay. <laughs> rounded it. He goes, I've never been with a woman. Or actually, he said the P word. I ain't gonna say oh, But anyway, I was like, wow. <laughs> I said, you know what, boy? Let me tell you something. I said, you look at us like we're the old trolls. We set forth the pavement for you to come in and act that way. I said, number one, let me give you the definition of well-rounded. Baby, I'm well-rounded. I got four children, okay? I'm very well-rounded. I said, number two, I said, you need to learn your history. I said, and number three, you need to apologize to every female sitting in this bar because mm. you have just degraded them. And yeah. I don't yeah. put up with it. But this little boy, anytime I went back in that bar, he would avoid my ass like a plague. Oh, uh -huh. good for you for setting him straight. You I, know? Will not, I will not put up with any anybody on any level coming in and talking bad about people you know being anybody. negative like that that's absolutely wrong yeah and you were right for doing that you put them on the yeah. spot you put them right on the spot so hey. i'm seeing that you have a really good wonderful shiny and, and happy part of you uh side to you rather and then boom when it comes down to being real you're fucking real. Shit, girl. I, 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 can, I can be in the palace with you or I can get down in the gutter with you. I always tell people when I meet them, number one, I can be your best friend or your worst enemy. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. Number two, in my life, it's black or white. If you sit in that gray area, then I ain't messing with you. Love me or hate me? Take your pick. <laughs> and the other thing is I tell my friends at some point in time, we're going to disagree. That does not mean the end of our friendship. No. We just need to discuss through it. And listen, because you like this, like that, that's cool with me. That we all can't be the same. No, that would be boring. That would be bullshit. Since we've spoken about diversity in this podcast, I have a quick question. I'm going to switch up gears. So um, I just want to ask you a quick thing uh, before we end the show. Um, I want to know about the diversity within your family. Do you have a lot of diversity within your family or is it all just, you know, where are you from? I'm, I'm from Virginia. I'm from the South. Um, unfortunately, I was raised in a very racist family. First time I ever saw a black person was my uh, my grandmother's um, housekeeper and I fell in love with her. I just, Aww. there was something... This magnificent. She was different, and her name was Marie. To this day, I remember her name. I must have been maybe four or five years old. But she told me something, and it was really funny now that I'm older. She was telling my grandmother that her daughter was pregnant. Mm. She looked at me, and she said, you know, Troy, when babies are born, when black babies are born, they're born. She said light, but I thought she said white. So for the longest time, I thought God made you who you were after you were born. <laughs> Not yeah. As I got older, because I've got a lot of black friends that are my BFFs, that when black babies are born, they, they darken their color, okay? So, but from that, um, as my family, the original family, divorced their wives, they started, you know, going for different cultures. And so, you know how they say, always say, you've got a twin? Well, my father was madly in love with my mother. That's a long story. My father met her twin, and she was from Guatemala. Now, my stepmother is six years older than I am. My father is 77. Um, and um, she worked for an international uh, moving company for 25 years and all she moved was ambassadors 
So when she came to live here in the United States with my dad, of course, you know, not everybody, please, I'm not down with nobody, but a lot of times Latinos have a hard time with their J's. And she'd always tell me, if I say a word wrong, correct me because I need it. I'm like, okay. So we were walking to Walmart one day and she said, yelly. I'm like, no, no, you mean jelly. Jelly. Yeah, yeah, jelly. So anyway, as she walked on, I turned around and I noticed the Walmart greeter gave her that side-eye nasty look. Uh, I turned around, I pointed my finger at her and I said, excuse me. I said, how many languages do you speak? Mm. And one, right? I said, my stepmother speaks five. Because her original language is not English, don't ever look at her like she's ignorant because oh. I will call you out. Oh, see now my grandmother she learned how to speak English because she came here off the boat from Italy. Well, she Alano Italy up in the northern part of Italy. Well, mm -hmm. she only spoke Italiano, baby. And so she had to learn it from TV and radio and music. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just just an accepting person that I really don't care where you are in life. I mean, I've been put in situations where I got to pull the bitch. Oh, I can do it. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Yeah, pull the bitch card. I if you got to pull the bitch card, please. <laughs> but if, but if, bitch, if you come at me, trust me, I'll pull it, okay? I won't come at you, I swear. <laughs> I'm afraid husband, of you now. <laughs> my husband, I'll be afraid. My husband, like I said, loves concerts. Um, yeah. When we go backstage passes, he's just... Uh, anyway, so we just we got were, tickets for a concert today, baby. Yeah. Where are you going? Who are you going to see? I've been oh, wanting to see Metallica, so finally I'm going to see Metallica. They're, they're the headliner, but we're going for Pantera. <laughs> Metallica's just a bonus. Oh, it's Pantera. We love our old metal. It's old, old school metal. <laughs> My husband for Christmas got me Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. I know they're touring. You're so lucky. But Fleetwood Mac has always been a great band from the beginning, where there were no no women in the group too now you know that's why i like the word the song songbird because in the lyrics it says and the songbird but in the songbird it says and i love you and i love you like never before and i mm -hmm. want people to know that when i pass from this aura that i'm into my next level mm -hmm. my love never stop your love will never stop love never dies no it doesn't you know really it doesn't i struggle with that because um the very first person i ever actually truly fell in love with i still love him and i I'm, I'm okay enough with my fiance right now in life where i can tell him things like that and he's okay with it is that odd I, is that odd no it's not odd because you know i had after all these years of divorce with my wife and she would finally talk to me and i called her and i said listen <laughs> are you happy with your life and right. she's pretty happy. I said, and I am too. I said, you and I together were toxic. Right, right. And we had to move on. I said, we would have destroyed each other. And that's not good for our children. What a beautiful thing to be able to talk to her now and reflect on that instead of living the horror of it. And she knows I never cheated. I didn't do that kind of stuff. My wife was, oh. I can already hear it in your, oh. Even through the hell that woman put me through. Uh -huh. It's still the mother of my children. That's I don't want right. it. That's right. Yeah. No, I knew you were going there, baby. You know, I, I don't want that. But she did put me to hell, I'm going to tell you that. So, I mean, my divorce took four years. Oof. Four years. Mm. I know. It's a grueling process, though. My husband's a divorce took him four years. Oh, really? So, That's something. Yeah. <laughs> That's ironic, huh? Mm-hmm. It took him four years. And, you know, and, and, and people... So he chased you for four years? Is that what you're telling me? 
Baby, I was with him the whole time. He chased me for six months before I finally gave in. Oh, okay. Because you said that you made him chase you, and I'm thinking, oh, for four years? Oh. No. <laughs> After six months, I gave in, honey. I tried. Oh, okay. <laughs> you couldn't resist now, any longer? <laughs> my, my husband will sit there and lie to you and say, that's a lie. Now, what ain't, honey? I don't lie. He knows it all lies. I know you know, it. So I know it. When I met my husband, when I met my husband, as I said, I was successful in my own right. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with him and he looked at me and goes, I want you to save me. Oh. And I said, what does that mean? He goes, I want you to do nothing but take care of me. Oh. My husband, I met him, was an alcoholic. Oh. And um, I remember, because, you know, you can't take an alcoholic off cold turkey. You can't do it. You just can't. No, you can't. They'll die, honey. So I would go by and my husband likes buying runs and stuff. I would go buy his stuff, but I would cut it down little by little. And his husband told me, he goes, oh, you're enabling him. I said, no. Weaning, you were weaning him down. That's the right thing to do. You know what I did? I was successful. My husband doesn't. Now, my husband will have an occasional drink every now and then, but not like it was before. Past February, I said, baby, have a blast. When you go home, it's you ain't doing this. We had a good time, boo. Okay, good. Because that's that's a great way to really enjoy a vacation or just getting getting away. Girl, let me tell you. When my husband takes me on vacation, (laughs) the first time we went on vacation, I had been in ICU for a month and I was in a coma for a week. Oh, my God, darling. What went down? Well, I being a hairdresser for as long as I was, and I am a diabetic, standing on my feet. Standing on them feet, boy. I don't know how you do it. When I, when I leave the blister on my toe, it would ulcerate. And so I had an ulceration on one of my toes. And we had we opened our doors. I asked my husband one time. I said, I've got two friends that want to live in Florida. I want to help them get on my feet. Will you let them move my house? And he said, yes. Well, we did it. But my friends were functioning alcoholics. Okay. I, I, I really put out that olive branch. And uh, my only rule was, um, I'm be honest with you, I took you, from, I took you from a shanty to a resort. Right, right, right. I brought you here. I'm going to help you. And then when they just started kind of disrespecting our home, mm. that kind of stuff, I had to put them in check. Nonetheless, because um, I do help people. Um, but if you, I always say, don't don't mistake my kindness for, for weakness. weakness. Because, honey, we had five rooms and we rented them out in our house before where we live now. It was a semi-mansion in the heyday they, they built it. It was called a semi-mansion. And it was too big. But... That's at the end of it when I said, we got to sell this house. It's too big. I can't keep keep up with the cleaning and the upkeep. But before that day came, I had to get everyone out of the house so we could move out. And I had to get everybody out because you know what? The crew we had in there, that last crew, disrespectful. Some certain things started going missing and I understand that fully. Honey, <laughs> that's just dis- that's the ultimate disrespect to steal. I I had a dinner party when we lived in California, and we had a smaller place at the time. We had a downsize, and um, my husband had given me a five carat diamond engagement ring, and I wore another oh, one. Oh, let me see it. I want to see. I it. mistakenly left it in the ultra jewelry cleaner in the bathroom. Somebody stole it. Oh my fucking god! Who opens up your jewelry? Cl- oh well, god. you know we have we always had insurance. I got the insurance money back on it, but it pissed me off because it was very something very special to me. It uh, must have meant the world to you. Are you kidding me? When my husband gave Oof. me that, he, he called the ring out, put it on my finger. He said, "I'll take it." And I'm looking. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no!" Got <sighs> down hands and knees, and he proposed to me. Of course, he was still oh, married, but oh, yeah. I was, and I, I just, I could do nothing but cry because. 
I've always done good for others, and I, I can know. tell you that a lot of good from others come to me because I don't expect nothing in return. That's I don't right. Give somebody expecting return, and I sat there. We had to go to a little pub there in that mall, and I just cried. Yeah. He goes, "What's wrong?" I said, "Nobody's ever done this for me. You've got to understand." My husband and I come from two different worlds, and you know, well, and when yeah, he that, yeah, my husband told me, he goes, "You're ghetto." I said, no, baby, <laughs> ghetto. I am ghetto. Fabulous. You hear me? Yes, darling. Ghetto fucking fabulous. If I'm going to be ghetto, I'll be that. But I, I'm going to be ghetto fab, baby. All right. So I'm just going to ask you now is is where I asked you in the beginning where um, we've got plenty to talk about. But let me ask you, where were you born and raised? But where have you lived? I mean, you sound like you've been bouncing all over the place in your life. Well, I have actually. And um, okay. I'm going to tell you one story that pops in my mind. One story that pops in my mind is when we moved to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. We moved to Tampa, and um, we rented a place sight unseen. We um, rented, rented it fully furnished because I had to go back to Tampa and close out our house. But anyway, it was a bit, we lived in the power and light district of Kansas City, which at that time, I didn't know what that meant, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was like the bougie place to live. Right. We lived in a 20-story building on the 19th floor. Right. And, you know, I am an occasional smoker, so you had to go to the fourth floor, go out to the patio, and periodically I would run into this um, no better words, but gold digger. Oh, and Lord. So, one, day, <laughs> one day going, you had to go through security at my door, then the doorman would come, and so we got on the elevators. And I, like I said, seen her a few times, said, hello, I'm trying to be nice, you know. And mm. so I said, we had a vomp that you had to vomp the thing to hit your floor. And I said, can I hit your floor for you? And she goes, yeah, six. So I vomped it, hit six, I vomped it again, hit 19. Backstory, I was also in my uh, Versace shoes, my Louis Vuitton bag, my diamonds, that kind of stuff, that kind of thing. But that was just being, that mean. Okay, uh, big baller, uh, big baller. <laughs> truth be known, what they didn't know was I found the Versace shoes at a thrift store. They didn't know what hey, they were. Hey, baby, that's what's up. <laughs> no, they didn't know that my Louis was used, but hey, it's mine. Okay. See how real you be. You were just right there. That that's something that people just don't ever admit ever. And you and just they did. Don't, they don't know that some of them diamonds won't real, but that's none your business. Okay. Hey. Okay. My husband took me downtown in Kansas City, and we were at the uh, iPhone store, and um, we were downtown in Kansas City. We had to go to the iPhone store, and it's very strong, strong, strong there. And David looked at me and he goes, "Have you ever had a blue box?" I'm like, why ain't no damn smurf? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he said, have you ever been to Tiffany's? I'm like, no, I've never been in one. So he took me to Tiffany's. He said, pick something out. I picked out this beautiful man's bracelet, $1,000, and I'm in awe. You know, I was wearing my Tiffany bracelet when I was on that elevator with him. Yeah, right. I was <laughs> hoping you'd come back to the elevator part now. Go ahead. So now as I bump her and get there, when I bump the 19th floor, she said, Oh. Hmm. It's like, that's right, bitch. <laughs> well, I that bitch card. Yep. I, uh, yes, honey. I said, I live on the 19th floor. I'm in the Vanderbilt. I said, I have it like that. Yes. And that's the few times I've ever pulled that card out. Like I said, you don't know that my shoes came from a thrift store. You don't know my Louis was a used one. You don't know half of these diamonds ain't really real. Because I used to have an online business where I sold to women new and used purses 
is all kinds of stuff. Yep. And I would tell the girls, it's not the purse you wear. It's, it's the how, way you wear that's the purse. How, that's right. It's how you wear it, baby. Oh, that's Lord. right. <laughs> Lur. <laughs> so um, you told that lady, and, and you did pull the bitch card once, but, you know, unless you got any any other good uh, I pulled the bitch card stories, I'm going to end this interview with you, but you got another good one for us? One more good one. Oh, good, good. I'm, I'm here for it. So my husband, as I said, is a concert guru, and we went to see Cher in Vegas for her opening night Ooh. at places, uh, the Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo, so, yeah, that's where I used to stay in Vegas. So we flew in, we saw her concert, we flew out the next night, but while we're there, boo, let me tell you, I dolled up. <laughs> so we're at the concert, and this always happens to me. I was younger, I was skinnier, but this woman walked by with a camera. She's like, you're famous, you're somebody famous, who are you? <laughs> I said, you know Johnny Depp? She goes, yes, I'm his brother. I knew it, I knew it. I tell people that shit, I said, because they call for it every time. They can pictures and shit. Sarah, I can send you pictures of me back then, girl. You will all. Oh, I've got to see this. I'm not going to lie. I've got to see this. All right. All right, everybody. This has been awesome. This has been fun. This has been very informative about who you are as a person, what you've done, your accomplishments, where you're from, and your family life, and everything from A to Z. We have learned a lot about you, Troy. And uh, I just want you to have a chance to say goodbye and whatever else you would like to say before we end. Well, I certainly thank you for having me on your program today. And I want to tell you that um, I love Skylar Moon. <laughs> I love it the first time I saw you. That's just how I am. But I just want to iterate to people that no matter where you are in life, just be a better human. Just try. There's nothing hard to be a better human and love mankind. If you're in my community, stop the hate of one another. We're all a community. That's right. We are all one. So on that note, I appreciate it. And I love you, Skylar. I love you too, darling. It's been great. Take care, sweetheart. You too, baby. All right now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast, which is brought to you by Anchor.fm and Spotify. That's right. You can listen on Anchor.fm, for example, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Breaker, Podcast Addict, and so many more. 38 total. That's right. Anchor.fm has pushed my show out to 38 different podcast platforms. All right. That's the end of the show. Thanks for listening to me and Troy Pierce. Breaking on through with Skylar Moon is brought to you by Anchor.fm and Spotify.